let me get an intro here. So this is episode 29 of the Bearsy Podcast. Welcome to anyone that's watching, listening, a reoccurring guests. So today we have Kat Julianne, who is a mindset coach for content creators and entrepreneurs, who is also a YouTuber and has I'm an Instagram page for her business. So how are you doing, Kat? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. And no problem. So the, the very first thing I wanted to ask you was um, when, I, when I was watching your content, I noticed that you were finishing med school and then you're, you were finished this last June, I think you said in 2021. And then you kind of, I'm assuming you stopped um, going down that career path and went down this whole business opportunity. So, so what happened there? What, what was the choice with the med school and not finish or finishing it and then moving on to something else? Yeah, um, thank you so much for asking this question because I think many people don't really understand what was happening there. So I went into med school right after finishing school. So right after graduating from high school, I went into medical school because I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. And my family are, there are many, many doctors in my family. And so I thought that this would be the embodiment of success, you know, to really step into their footsteps and become a doctor as well. And I realized already very, very much at the beginning of med school that this was not really something that I chose for myself or that I could really identify with and wanted to do. Um, but I I finished it. <laughs> so wow. I, I remember that I I really knew that this was not the right career path for me, I think halfway through med school, so in third year or so, because that is where we start learning the clinical stuff, you know, like the first years it's chemistry and a lot of theoretical um, things to learn. But in third year, we start having like patients and really learning about the medicine itself. and. All my friends were like, finally, it's so easy. It's so interesting. I finally get it. I finally love it. And I was like, well, it's just like another chemistry class for me. You know, it, it was just learning things. Of course, very interesting. And I'm so happy that I got the chance to learn all these crazy things. I mean, about our human body. But I never really identified as... I want to be a doctor or I am a doctor. It's it feels very weird to say it, even though it's true now <laughs> that I graduated. Um, I don't know. It's just so much easier for me to say that I am a coach and I got into coaching. Um, it actually found me because at med school, I was uh, in the student council and I ended up being the president of our student council and that um meant that I was a student mentor and organizing events and parties and mental health weeks. And I was essentially doing some international work with our student council as an event manager and an unlabeled coach for students. And yeah, I, I just found way essentially through student mentoring and tutoring. And I decided to pursue this career path after graduating <laughs> mm, wow, that's amazing. What did um <clears throat> what did your parents think of that choice? How did that go down? <laughs> <laughs> well, um 
my mom knew already that um, I was not very happy with my choice because it, it it was not a decision that I took on the day of my graduation. You know, it was like not like ah, oh, I'm finished and oh maybe I'll do something else. It was a very chronic problem. You know, it was like I was always saying that I feel so bad in med school that this doesn't suit me. I was asking her, was it the same for you when you studied that you were like, does it suck? And she was like, no, it's interesting and. And so she knew and she always said that when I graduate from medical school that I could do whatever I want afterwards. Um, but when I really did that, it kind of hit like a bomb. <laughs> because I think <laughs> I think they didn't expect that I would I would really go through with this and especially choosing a job that is coaching and content creation is like what? It's like if I would have said, like, I want to study law or I want to do another um, real job, I think they would have more understanding for that. But mm -hmm. um, but but this uh, was very complicated because they, they really didn't think that this would be a career path worth pursuing. You know, it's like they felt like I was massively stepping down the ladder of success. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard because like for our parents, um, like our parents generation, it's the content creation, YouTube, social media, like these weren't careers because they weren't available in their time, right? So in their mindset mm -hmm. back in their day, the only path to success is a more general standardized form of education, you know, it's high school, college, university, you know, then pick a job in your field. And that is what is defined as success, right? But nowadays, you can be anything like you can be a Twitch video game streamer. You can commentate on video games. Like you can have, I've seen people stream themselves in, in a hot tub and drinking beer. And then you just like, that's your career. Like there's the amount of professions and jobs where you can make a living now is so crazy. And I've talked to so many people that have been in a similar situation as you. And this was even me. Like when I told my parents um, that I was dropping out of university, I was doing like computer engineering. And I have like six uncles that are all computer engineers. And they, I was just supposed to be just like one of them. Right. But I'm not into that stuff. Like I'm into like the arts and, you know, like philosophy and music and, and all these, all these creative things. But, you know, in, in their generation, those weren't real jobs or careers, like you said. Right. And it's always difficult to have that conversation with your parent because I'm, I'm on that other side of the battlefield now because now I am a parent and I have a daughter that's two. And as soon as she was born, my mind changed. Whereas now the only thing I, the only thing I think about is safety for my daughter. And I'm like, okay, she has to go to school. She has to go to college. But then I'm like, wait a minute, that's contradicting my own beliefs. I, I, I should want my daughter to be happy. I should want her to do what she wants to do, you know, and, and do things that makes her feel fulfilled. But as a parent, something weird happens to you biologically where you're, it's like the way you think about your, your kids is so different than what you believe in. And it, and it's, it's very hard to have that conversation um, with your parents, especially if, you know, they're more stubborn or they're not, you know, more open to these ideas, but it sounds like, um, or at least your mom sounds like, you know, that she's, she cares about, you know, what makes you happy. And I think at the, at the end of the day, 
that is huge. That is so much better than being stuck in a job that you feel like you're not, that wasn't meant for you, right? Yeah, it's very interesting what you say. And, um, you know, even though I, I was like a little bit sad or frustrated about the fact that it was very difficult. Um, the person I'm having most trouble convincing is my grandfather, obviously, because oh. he's 90 years old, but he's really everything to me. So um, this is challenging because he is very <laughs> not understanding it. And I'm not expecting <laughs> I mean, it's, it's completely fine, but um, yeah. And honestly, I think that this resistance that I am facing and especially that I was that I knew that I would face before I took the decision to really do this thing actually was very good for me because I am so incredibly sure that this is what I want to do because um, because of this resistance, you know, because I think that it, it kind of really helped me to take this decision you know like it's i knew that it would be complicated to have this conversation i knew it would be challenging to um convince them that this is a good idea but this forced me to really give this conviction to myself first you know and i am very happy that this was a very good exercise essentially for me to, to be sure and to have a lot of self-confidence in starting on this journey. And I'm really glad that I have it because, um, you know, it's, I think that if they would have just said, I can do whatever I want. And if I would not have been faced with this explanations to do, I would have faced this with other people that I don't know that are not loving maybe, you know, and, and so if you doubt for the first time <laughs> your decisions, when you are reading a comment that is mean on YouTube, for oh, example, oh, um, it's more challenging, <laughs> you know, like I get a lot of comments saying like, there's no fucking way that this chick is actually a doctor, you know, and that she just chose to oh, wow. um, start on a YouTube channel with 200 subscribers. And I say, you were right. This is very unbelievable. And sometimes I wake up and I'm not sure if this is real, but <laughs> it is what it is. So I think that this is very, I mean, of course it sucks, but it's also, I think a good character training, you know, mm -hmm. and most of the time, you know, like when I actually created a video about this, it's not out yet, but I see this topic coming back very often, you know, like how to deal with people who don't understand your dream, because that can be like so incredibly frustrating um, at first. But I think that the way to handle this is to inspire rather than convince because you know like i'm gonna go maybe on a very long tangent about our psychology but i think this is like we all have our different model of reality as you just said you know for older generations like internet youtube and all these things is not part of their model of reality as it is for us now but um you can still speak to these people on a base that also exists in their 
version of reality. For example, happiness. They understand that very well. Understand fulfillment or joy or the way that you feel. And so if you can show, for example, if I can show my grandfather that I'm actually so incredibly happy that when we meet, I just, I'm just smiling and feeling so fulfilled. He undoubtedly understands that because that's, that's also part of his world. And then he slowly now starts to question his belief because he's like, wait a minute, she's doing a job that in my mind really sucks and doesn't exist. How can she be happy? That doesn't make any sense. And so he's starting slowly to think like, hmm, maybe it's actually not that bad because happiness is like really good and I can feel it. So, you know, like energy and aura and happiness and inspiration is something that it's a language that everyone speaks, even though they don't know that they speak it. And that's very, mm. very interesting how you can um, help people change their minds without even needing to convince them and only by, by showing them actually how you are. Mm, that, that, I kind of like that you, you sort of give them an idea that they can relate to. So it doesn't feel as foreign or fringe. You know, you know, when that happens to me, you know, what argument that, that I use, well, I tell people like, say you go to college or university, right? And you're going to get a degree and generally it's a four year program, right? Give or take could be a couple more years, depending on, you know, whatever you're studying. And I'm like, okay, say you go to med school or you go to law school in that first year, can you really work in the field? No, not really. Do you, are you really knowledgeable or skilled? No, you're pretty much still learning, right? And you're still spending money to try to finish those four years. And I'm like, okay, well, look at YouTube. When you start a YouTube channel, are you going to be successful in the first year? No. Do you know, are you going to know what you're talking about? Are you going to be good with editing? Are you going to be good with speaking to the camera? No. But what if you treat it like a four-year program where you give YouTube four years, where you put in like that 40 hours a week and really dedicate yourself to the platform and you don't have $100,000 in student debt. If you look at it that way, th there is this very similar parallel that if, if you're open-minded and you can think about it in, in a way where like, oh, it's just like any other job, you have to build up those repetitions. You have to build up that skill. And I know there's this like abstract number around called like the 10,000 hours or whatever. Like you, it takes you 10,000 hours to master, like give or take a skill. And you know, when you go to university, you probably spend more than 40 hours a week working and studying, right? So maybe you're putting in like 2,500 hours a year. So you finish your four-year degree, that's your 10,000 hours. And I feel like the exact same concept can apply to YouTube. So when I tell people like, oh, me dropping out of university is stupid. I'm like, okay, but look, I'm trying to build this YouTube channel. I'm trying to build this business. You know, it makes me happy. It gives me fulfillment. And I am not a hundred thousand dollars in student debt, right? So I have yeah. money to be a responsible parent. I can pay my bills. I can pay my rent. I can be a f fully functional right. adult and still chase this goal or dream that gives me happiness, happiness. And even though you might not be able to see that, right? Just because we're not following the standard path that every other person in society follows, that doesn't mean it's wrong, right? So that's generally like the fringe idea or argument that I bring up. And people always look at me strange, like, oh, you're going to be on YouTube for four years and, and make no money. I'm like, yeah, 
because I'm learning. It, it, I'm, it's a skill that I'm trying to develop over well, time. How much right? money did you make as a student? Sorry <laughs> yes, to ask. Exactly, right? <laughs> Yeah. And just imagine if you have these $100,000, supposedly, if you would invest them into your career as a content creator, for example, by taking a course on editing, um, investing it really in your in your growth in learning, like if you were a student, essentially, of content creation, imagine how that would be in the end. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I just think that it's very interesting that success on the internet is very often marketed as quick, easy, and painless. <laughs> and I get it because it sells very well. I, I mean, I see it in my um, coaching niche. I completely understand how this is meant you know like for example these programs um coaching programs of business coaches who help you build a six-figure business in 90 days or something like that um i think that the internet is very amazing because it is very possible to become successful very quickly compared to other fields like, for example, medicine. I mean, I needed to study six years. I even did an extra one because I failed a year. So seven years in total. Oh, and wow. That was seven years of <laughs> learning. <Dedicated>. And <laughs> yes, I have a very, very powerful stamina, I think, <laughs> for, for learning and work. But um, yeah, and I think that if I would have spent this time and this money and this dedication on creating a business online, I would probably have been successful faster than seven years of heavy grinding. But um, I still think that it's very important to remember that we are students of YouTube and of, of social media and there are many things, as you said, to know. It's like camera presence, um, storytelling, editing, uh, the technical stuff. I did some streaming as well because I really like the live setting and that's very technical too. There's also, if you get monetized or if you start your business, um, I mean, I'm not monetized, but I have my coaching business and that is like being an entrepreneur is... I have never had such a steep learning curve. I am doing this for one and a half years. <laughs> In these one and a half years, I have learned so many things, a little bit of accounting, a little bit of law, a little bit of leadership and management, um, a lot of coaching too, and it's, it's never ending. And I completely see this as a process of growth like i i don't expect to be like a millionaire in two months that's never how i envisioned it i mean i'm very surprised at how how well this is going for me and how fast i'm able to learn all these things just by doing and and yeah i think it's it's also very important to invest in your growth 
I'm not just saying this because I'm a coach. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> not, I'm not, I'm not selling you anything, but just in general, you know, like no matter how you invest in it or with whom you work, I have seen so much result when I really invested in learning something or in, in growing personally or professionally, because it's like, there are so many amazing people who have amazing things to teach you. And so of course you can like do it by yourself, you know, grow a channel by yourself or create your business by yourself and just learn from your mistakes. But I really think that it's also, it helps if you, if you see this journey as really a journey of learning. And if you then do the learning too, you know, <laughs> you really sit down and have time to really think, analyze, how can I do this better? What can I do differently? Do I need help maybe with something? Can someone teach me a skill that I don't know? And, and yeah, as you said, embrace the journey of being a student. Mm. yeah that's good the journey the journey is is everything too and I, i've like i don't know if um <clears throat> if, if, if this will resonate with you but um on on this podcast i've talked to a, a lot of other creators that were really young like 19 20 21 and, and a lot of them have this i don't know if it's a fear of being stuck in the nine to five or this fear of entering corporate America or corporate, whatever life, and just being stuck and doing a job that they hate. And I've seen these census polls where like YouTube is the most desired profession by young people under the age of 18. Like in, in Canada and in the United States, this is what young kids want to be. They, they want to be YouTubers, right? But at the same time, like I'm someone who is a lot older. Um, I'm 37. So in terms of like on like entrepreneurs and no, not entrepreneurs in terms of like YouTube, social media people or influencers, it, it's a young person's game. So I'm kind of like a age dinosaur in this, but I was an entrepreneur for eight years from 19 to 27. And then I got a day job for the past 10 years from 27 to 37. And these past 10 years that I've had at my day job have been the most miserable years of my, of my life in terms of my work. I've been the most miserable, like it's, it's unfulfilling. I just hate, I hate my, not, not, I don't hate my job, but I hate what I'm doing. Whereas in contrast, those original eight years when I first was an entrepreneur at age eight, um, 19, when I dropped out of the university, those were like the best years of my life. But even though I didn't know what I was doing, and all my business ideas failed and I kind of like went broke and, you know, and nothing really worked out. It didn't matter. I, I was so, so much happier and getting a day job where I get this consistent income. It doesn't make me happy. Like the, the money is not what brings me happiness. And it's always like, I'll always choose passion over safety and conservative options like like the nine to five because at the end of the day like I'm, I'm 37 right so how many more good years do i have left in my life right am i going to spend another 10 years at my day job and just being miserable or why don't i do something about it you know do something right go out and try new things read new books try new skills and wh whatever it is right and that is what has and, and right now like i'm an extremely happy person because what's happened is i've stepped down from 40 hours a week down to 30 
and then it went down from 30. Now I'm down to 25. So like I used to be at 40 hours and I was like putting in 20 hours in YouTube and now it's going like this, right? So now I'm putting in like 25 hours a week at my day job and like 35, 40 hours into YouTube. And I'm infinitely more happy in my life, even though I have less money, like in terms of happiness and the ratio it's, it's not even close. And I always tell people like, especially young people, if inside your soul, you know that you want to pursue the life of the entrepreneur, then I say go for it. But you just have to understand that there will be a, an extreme amount of bumps and failures along the way, because it's not as, you know, pre planned as, as a day job where oh, you get a day job, you have a salary, you get a guaranteed paycheck every week, you have benefits, it's, it's very, it's very linear, right? Your, your growth is almost like this straight line that slowly grows up every year, maybe you get a raise, where the entrepreneur, it's like you're up and down, and then you're broke, and then you're up again, and then all of a sudden, you, you could, it could take off, you never know. And I always like to tell people like, if you feel that need to pursue to pursue entrepreneurship, you know, like I, I say, go for it the best you can because you won't regret it, right? Even even if you do fail and go broke like I did, um, it's it was still like the best, one of the best moments of my life, right? Yeah, you said so many things that are so incredibly interesting. Um, first, I'm going to say that I have the feeling that it's very often like you have to do this or that and it's a decision forever. And people are so scared to try things, you know, and to if they have the desire, for example, to try and start a business, you can you can do this. And it doesn't mean that you will be an entrepreneur until the end of your days. And it's the same, like with this fear of being stuck in a job. Like, I understand that in some situations, people are really stuck because they're existential needs depend on job but there are also people who are feeling stuck in a job who are scared to not be able to leave when in reality they they could if if they wanted to i mean they, they would be able to find a way to make this work and i have the feeling that you know i I always say to my clients when they tell me that they have doubts, you know, like they're if they have a, a job and they're like, oh, I don't know, maybe I could uh, become an entrepreneur, but I'm not sure. I have so many doubts. I'm so afraid that I might fail or things like that. I say always that doubts are really good because it means that you have already realized that there are other possibilities. So it's like there's a, a metaphor in a French book that I really love. And I always use it to explain how doubts are actually a sign of growth. So there is a city in this in this book, and it's a city where there are like wizards and enchantresses living in, in the city. And around the city, there are like huge walls and no human being ever was able to go past these walls or climb these walls so incredibly strong and big and everything. And one day a wizard and a human get, they become friends and the human is asking the wizard like, how do you get inside of this protected city? How do you walk through these walls? I don't get it. And the wizard says that these walls exist only for those who believe that they are there. And once you start doubting that these walls actually exist, you can just 
put your hand through it and, and simply walk through the wall because it's not going to be there anymore. And this is exactly what happens when you don't doubt of something. So, for example, if you are 100% sure that you are stuck in your job, that there's no way that you could ever be successful doing something else or being an entrepreneur or being a creator, then you have built yourself one of these limiting walls and it will be very, very strong and you will not be able to walk through it. But as as soon as you start doubting, like maybe there's more, maybe, maybe I can, you start being able to find a way to walk through these walls. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, I, I but, get it. That's cool. <clears throat> but yeah, and, and so it's the same thing, you know, like, I think that if you're worried that you, if you're young, maybe you're 19 and you don't really know what you want to do. And on one hand, you really like the safety of the job. But on the other hand, you really want to do something else and you don't know what you want to do, then I think that you can totally start working a job and think about what it is that you want to do and then start from there. You know, it's not like I feel like there's so much pressure that is put on young people to take a decision and it feels like the decision of life. You know, it's like I decided to go to med school and it took me seven years to be sure that <laughs> this was not a good idea. I don't recommend this curriculum to anyone because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really a lot of trouble for <laughs> for for the the results that it that it gives but um it's it's never a waste of time to try something out especially in the professional or academical field it's impossible to waste your time mm -hmm. doing that like it's impossible to waste your time if you try to build a business because you will learn so much even if it fails you know and it's not a waste of time it's a very very good experience and lots of insights and so yeah i think that i think that it's a very very personal decision and i really believe that for some people it's completely possible to be happy in a in a nine to five job for example if one day i find a job as a coach and content creator full-time with some other people who do similar things and they have i don't know a kind of training center or an agency or something if i ever would feel like this doesn't limit me in doing what i love then i could see myself in theory working there it's just that the job that i want does not exist now so i created it myself <laughs> and it's great because now i have it um but i i think it's it's more like the idea that as long as you're happy and passionate and and as it's okay for you then that's totally perfect and i also know some people who have a job and who really earn well their money with this job even though they don't really like what they do but through this job they manage to work not so many hours so you know just 30 percent or something <laughs> and yeah and it, it pays off and then they can spend the rest of their time going on holiday or doing what they love and they are fine with that and i think that 
it's very important to know what your definition of success is or what what it is that you want what makes you happy and and then pursue that and if it's money then by all means that's okay <laughs> you know it's like i just i just want to say this because i feel like there's a huge um kind of stigma nowadays that is like you know money is not um a measurement for success or it's not worth pursuing but for some people it is and that is completely fine if that mm -hmm. is your your aspiration and so yeah i think it's it really depends and everyone understands success differently you know for me for example it would be very easy to find a job that pays very well um as a psychiatrist in the hospital I think I could start working probably next month, you know, if I would want to. Um, I wouldn't have to go and look for clients anymore. I would not have to worry about money or do anything like that. But um, that just doesn't represent my success and fulfillment, you know, because I, I would so miss the creativity and the possibility to just express myself and give life to my ideas and yeah so mm -hmm. yeah the money the money thing is, is is tough because i always hear people say things like oh there's there's more to life than just money but then i always counter that with like well there's also more to life than just being broke and struggling to pay your bills and pay your rent yeah. like i'm i'm someone that takes personal finance extremely seriously not because I'm interested in money and it's not because I have this greed or lust for wealth. It's because the thing that I want the most and I value the most in the world is time. I value time is the, it's the best thing in the world. It is time and having more time because you can't, you can't get more time. It's only what you have. Right. But time is, you can free up more of it with money and that in my opinion, is the value of money. <clears throat> it's, it's to free up your time where like, I'm not trying to become financially free so I can buy a huge house or buy a Lamborghini or a nice car, like, or any of these materialistic possessions. I don't care about any of that stuff. Like I wear the same gray, no name brand t-shirt every single day. I have the same, I wear like the same clothes. I have a, like a used car. Like I, I don't try to purchase anything with, with my money but with my money I, i'm trying to grow it because i want to be financially free so i can spend my time doing the, the doing the things that i love and doing the things that i want to do and I, I think this idea of you know it's, it's either you're all in or you're not is kind of flawed because unfortunately personal finance it's very important in our society right like you need it to live and inflation keeps going up and things are expensive so i feel like you have to take personal finance seriously to at least a certain degree. Now, does that mean you have to like have to ball out and, and buy a super nice car all the time? Well, no, I think spending your money for the materialistic trap is, is a huge mistake. I feel like that's a poor decision um, to use your, your money towards. And that's sort of like why like I, I'm so interested in finance. And so, some people have this. I don't know if you'd call it an argument, but this, this discussion with me where they say, oh, I don't, I don't have enough time in the day to do this stuff. Well, I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure you do because like I have a, I have a job. I have a wife. I have a daughter. I have, I have a mortgage. I have a car to maintain, a lawn, like all this stuff 
to, to maintain, right? And I always I always use this um, excuse. Oh, I don't have enough time. Oh, I'm too busy. But if you just look at your phone, <clears throat> this is what I did. I went into my phone and I went into my app usage and just look at like WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, like you spend hours and hours on these apps. Like it's crazy. And even like Netflix. So what I did was like I cut out all of it. And the reason I cut out all of it is because I cared so much about bettering my life. So I want to do something about it. And if you're serious about wanting to do something about it, get rid of all that other garbage. And it's, it's amazing how much time frees up in your life. And look, I can, I used to work as a videographer. I started this YouTube channel. I have a podcast. I did a live stream yesterday. Um, I have a website, a newsletter. Like there, there's so much more time than you think, but you have to be smart with the decisions that you make. And it's kind of related to, um, I like that, that wall, uh, analogy you used with like the, it's like a mental block. Because there's this one story that I always use for myself to get over those barriers. And it's this old story of this British guy named Roger Bannister. Um, and he was the first person in human history to run a four-minute mile. Now, throughout the entire existence of human beings and, and the earth, like for millions of years, no person in the entire history of the world had ever run a four-minute mile. It's never been done for millions of years. And this one British guy did it because he believed he could do it. And what happened is as soon as he broke that record of a four minute mile, six weeks later, another guy did it and another and another. And then there was tens and there was hundreds. And then there's like thousands of people that broke this record that stood the time of human history only because one guy was able to believe and he broke that barrier down. And then it gave other people the, the belief in, in themselves to pursue it too. And that is a huge part um, with all this. And I, I know what you're talking about, like these mental barriers, like for the ones where um, in your story, you can kind of like just go through it, right? And I, that story resonates with me so much because whenever I have self-doubt self and I'm like, I'm too old to be a YouTuber. No, no one's going to want to listen to me. I, I'm too boring and I'm not interesting. And I always break those barriers. I always remind myself of that parable or, or of that story of Roger Bannister the one guy who believed and that's why he could achieve. And those are these small little tidbits of information that I use for myself whenever I have self-doubt, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's very, very true what you say. And I think that doubts are really a good thing because as I said, it's the moment where you start doubting that you actually can do it because if you knew that it was impossible you wouldn't even think about it because it, it wouldn't make any sense it's like you're not thinking about streaming from the moon because that's like <laughs> it's just i mean it's just not part of your reality right now so maybe in a few in a few years if elon musk um <laughs> manages to make us a multi-planetary species <laughs> we oh, will see that's the best and you know <laughs> now that we are talking about elon musk um the fact is, it's it's bullshit when you say that you don't have enough time. I'm sorry, you were I'm swearing <laughs> on your channel. No, it's fine. No <laughs> filter. Say whatever you want. <laughs> so, Anything um, goes. Yeah. So it's because like fact is we all have the same amount of time. You have the same amount of time than Elon Musk. You have the same amount of time than Beyonce and Ariana Grande, and you have the same amount of time like 
Michelle Obama or whoever you look up to. It's like a day has 24 hours, no matter what is your name, where you live. And it's just a question of how you manage it or what are your priorities, as you said very well. And so it's truly amazing to see what is possible to do with this time you know like if you just watch other people who are successful and you know when you when you told the story of this british person who um run the mile i think that this is truly inspiring too because all the people who did it after that were inspired by his success and i think that this is also something that is a great moral behind the story is that when we see someone achieve what we want to do it's not something that is supposed to make us feel bad or or you know not good enough it is something that we can also choose to see as a proof that it is possible it is humanly doable to achieve this and you know it's funny that you I mean, no, it's not funny, but I understand that you think that you might be too old for YouTube. <laughs> um, my question to you is, what is the age limit in in your mind um, of like, you know, the cut where where it's not possible anymore to be successful in YouTube? You, you know what? I have a, an interesting answer for, for that question. When, when I first <laughs> started out um, YouTube, I created my channel in 2007. And, and I was 23. Like if you look up my channel um, name on like Social Blade or whatever, it says created December 2007. And I always had this idea in my mind that social media and YouTube was a young person's game. It was, you know, for people that are more, you know, up and coming or they know, um, they follow the more popular trends and you know, all, all this type of stuff. But what really changed for me, and this is similar to that Roger Bannister story, the guy who runs, is I met um, my friends. I met, like, say, an acquaintance, like a friend of a friend. Their parent um, started a YouTube channel, and she was, like, 70 years old or something. She retired, <laughs> right? So she, you know, worked her whole life, did whatever, retired, and mm -hmm. she had a hobby of quilting you know like making blankets and making pillows and stuff and so she kind of just wanted to make a youtube channel for fun because now she has all this free time she's retired she just wants to do her hobbies and so she got a camera on a tripod very simple with, with one microphone set it up in front of her desk and she would just show herself quilting right and making these mm -hmm. these these pillow cases and stuff and then I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, like, how, how is your how is your mom liking it? She's like, oh, she loves it. She has like um, 600,000 subscribers. And I was like, what? I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, she's, huh? I was like, how? And then, then I saw the channel, right? There, there's no editing. It's like just one clip, like just one shot. There's hardly any editing. There's no special effects or lighting. And all it was, it was just the passion of this one lady who loved quilts. Yeah. And she just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And that was when it broke the age barrier for me mentally, where I thought, what am I complaining about being in my 30s? She's like 60 something or 70 and she's killing it, right? So that that was yeah. my epiphany moment that broke the mental barrier in my mind, where I was like, oh, okay, well, YouTube, you know, for probably the vast majority 
is a young person's game, but there's all these other little niches all over the world where age doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's just, if you're good, then YouTube will accept you. That, that, that's what, that's what it comes down to. There's all, and there's this idea that I have that there is always room for the best, regardless of where you are, where you come from, how old you are, whatever. There's always room for the best. And there's always room for people that have that passion, drive and determination. And now I just kind of like, I remind myself of that moment because of how stupid I used to think. And I'm just like, well, I just laugh at myself now thinking that I, that I was too old, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just think about it, like how amazing is that, that you were able to change your mind so quickly about something that you were holding on to for so long just by seeing this one example that's like so incredibly cool I think and you know I think as well that if I think about all the youtubers that I watch I am not really choosing them based on their age you know like of course there are like younger ones and older ones um but what I truly watch is the message or the learnings or the value that they that they share you know um and the entertainment and i think that of course there are some people who um essentially with their youtube channel they share the trends and these fun things that are more in the younger generation the as a matter of fact <laughs> yes exactly it's it's really funny because um i had a, a comment on my youtube channel i think on, on the two last videos uh, that i uploaded so the the meditation and the procrastination video and it was like the same person who was commenting that um when they saw my video they thought that i am a creepy old uh, boomer <laughs> and that uh, my generation <laughs> needs an update and to be more more young and that I need to definitely work a lot on myself if I want to reach uh, a younger audience. So I guess that I am too old for some people too and for me, it's not a problem because I really don't feel old. And honestly, I don't care. Like if I was 50, I think that I would have even more wisdom and experience and value to share on because I would have had so many new lessons that I can't wait to learn about, you know, but I, I'm just sharing this with you because I ended up having a very long conversation in the comments with this person. You can read it. It's like a thread. I, I have it up. Messages. I'm looking at it right now from Chris. <laughs> name is Chris. Shout out to Chris. Yes, exactly. We, but honestly, like <laughs> we had a very interesting conversation. I couldn't stop talking to him. Oh my because... gosh, you guys went back and forth. Jeez. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> we, we talked about a lot of things about authenticity and, you know, how to just be yourself and speaking foreign languages and it was very very enticing actually to have this conversation with a person um and very interesting too because it just really shows that it doesn't matter how old you are there will always be someone who will 
see things differently. For example, if I would be 16 and I would sit there and give life advices about um, procrastination and self-love and success and how you know you can live a healthy life people would say like okay so why the hell should i listen to you you know nothing of life if i would be 50 doing the same thing they would be like why you've been doing this you are a creepy old lady <laughs> and if i'm 26 the same so it's like i think that that's not the point you know it's like doing with what you have and it also doesn't make any sense to think about this because you can't change your age and i think it's very there is a lot of value and wisdom in the fact of having more life experience that young people can definitely benefit from um i'm thinking of for example heinz do you know him He's uh, a, yeah, the Jamaican guy. Yes. Oh, that he, guy's for the best. example. <laughs> yeah, drinking <laughs> tea all the time and burning exactly. incense. Exactly. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Exactly. Guy. Have you ever thought about how old he is, or how how that doesn't fit into this trendy TikTok age? I think it's like I could totally see myself being a young person listening to him because honestly, he's like a he has this crazy energy had this very very unique style and so much wisdom and value to share that his age is just like it's like off that's irrelevant <laughs> it i mean like who who cares and probably if he would be 19 or 21 or something he would not be able to to do this the way that he is doing it now you know and I think that this is totally like something that you can either see as a negative thing and in that case it probably will slow you down or you can see it as a massive asset to be different and do your very own thing because I think that's like also something that I've been thinking about a lot that YouTube is getting more and more boring i think because people have these codes that have been established over the last 10 years and i remember when i discovered youtube at the very beginning it was so exciting because you were seeing like different new things you know and i think that this is a very very big power and asset if you can do something that is your own way of doing things it's like your your friend who was doing the crocheting it's something that it has very unique, surprising thing. It's not it's not just an other video from someone who does like the same thing that you have seen already 1000 times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you know what I think about that Heinz guy is whenever I look watches videos, I think of the one word authentic. That's mm -hmm. why that guy is so good is because the way he is on camera, I'd imagine that's exactly how he is in real life. There's nothing fake, right? The guy loves tea and ASMR and, and incense and all these maybe more fringe things, more fringe ideas. And, he, and he's like, smells like ginger and he loves it. I'm like, 
Ginger, okay. I don't know. Cinnamon, cool, I guess. For me, I, I don't know. I don't really care about that type of stuff. But you see the love that comes out of him, the, the passion and the authenticity for things that are meaningful to him. And I think that's what's so appealing um, about that guy is just he, he accepts, you know, who he is. And I, I like your point about kind of YouTube being sort of boring where people have kind of figured out, you know, what, what how YouTube is like have an interesting hook and then make it, um, you know, mysterious and have like all your, your breaths um, and white noise edited out and make it very fast paced. And that, that's how I started my so YouTube channel that. too, right? No, that's fine, right? That, because it's, it's also, it's, it's content that, that's appealing because it's like a formula that works, right? But what that Heinz guy taught me is that there's a lot of value in being authentic too. And that's what mm -hmm. I started doing recently where I just posted videos where I would just turn on my camera and I didn't care if I had the best lighting or best editing or, or I had all these scripts or thoughts and research, um, like thought of beforehand and I would just try to be myself and speak to the camera as if I would speak to a normal person. And then I've got feedback recently from a couple like of my subscribers They're like, Oh, I, I kind of like your unfiltered videos. I'm like, really? They seem so boring to me because they're just, there's no, there's no production value to it. It's not polished. Right. But also you got to remember that, that you in YouTube is, is about people. It's, it's about you. Right. Uh oh. Internet's yeah. wonky. No, my, my computer um, said that there are too many programs running, so <laughs> I closed them. You're multitasking. Oh, no, I'm funny. not, but it's like, I don't know. Um, for some reason, I have the feeling that MacBooks have a lot of trouble when there is Chrome open. Like, it takes a lot oh. of... Um, how do you call that? Like Processing power or RAM. whatever? Yes, exactly. RAM, yeah. So I need to close everything. Like I, I just have Chrome and Safari open. So just two mm. browsers and that's already too much. To yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I closed everything now, so we should be fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not much of a, a Mac user, so I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the world of Macs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those, those guys that refuses to pay the premium because it's an Apple product. Like I, all my, like all my stuff is like used secondhand, like all my cameras, like all the cameras that I have, it's all like used gear. Um, my, my laptop that I use, everything is like whatever, because I, I don't care in that materialistic type of thing. And I'm not saying that Apple is bad or anything. Like, for example, my wife, she loves Apple products. Like she loves like the, it brings her happiness and joy. And I see that in her eyes, right? When she gets it, but when I have it, I'm like, I don't want this garbage. I just give me the one that's $200 cheaper. It's not as good. Like, you know, the Android is probably not as good as, as Apple, but it's good enough for me. Right. So I am always avoiding that whole um, materialistic stuff to a point where I'm a little bit over obsessed, I guess you would say. <laughs> I think that's okay. You know, like the things like too much or not enough don't exist because they have different meanings for everyone out there. So I think it's not possible to say, but I definitely am an Apple addict. It started mm. with my very first iPhone and I can't stop. I love it. <laughs> I know. I know that probably it's unnecessary, but um, it feels very necessary to me. No, that's fine though. Like if, if it brings you that joy 
and happiness and that product it brings you value right and that's what is important to you i think it's bad when like i have friends that buy just for the sake of buying you know what i mean like they don't really care about it that much they oh yeah i just have to get it i'm like why is your old phone like not working no i just have to get it i'm like you have to get it why like what's what's the reason right but like if if you like really love the product then then i totally can can relate and understand to that because like i have a passion for camera gear and it's it's to a point where it's become obsessive like i love cameras i love lenses i love videography um and this is something that i have a passion for and even though to you, it might seem like a waste of money if I go out and buy, I don't know, seven, eight different lenses. Like from your perspective, you're probably like, why wow, you only need one lens to make a YouTube video. Why would you have eight? That's so, that's so stupid, right? But like for me, it's like that is what gives me happiness and passion and joy. So I'm willing to spend on some things where on others, I try to avoid um, the whole materialism thing as much as I can, or at least be aware of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think it's like, there are again, many interesting things that you've said. I, I have a feeling that we could talk for hours because <laughs> you, you always bring up so interesting topics, I think. So, you know, it's like, I understand because my partner is a photographer too, and he loves um, buying photographic gears, lenses, drones, mm. and things like that. So I, I get I get it. Um, but, you know, it's like, I feel like the most important is that it brings you joy. And as you said, there are some people who will buy fancy things. Um, how can I say this without being like mean? Um, be mean, be mean, no filter. <laughs> like, you know, I, th I think that it's highly <laughs> subconscious too, you know, but I feel like sometimes people feel the need to buy things that look a certain way that are symbolizing status or something because they feel the need of being perceived a certain way by other people so um and and, and that can hold a very high value in their minds and their souls and their ego because we want to be accepted and heard and seen and respected and this can feel like a way to achieve that you know for example if you would buy a fancy car or something some people buy the car because they like the car <laughs> but many people buy the car because they like the symbol of it you know of being seen as successful rich um and i think that if you if you feel that way it can have a very, very high value, but it's also very upsetting because it, I, I think, I, I genuinely believe that it, it doesn't really give you the value. You know, it's like if you have a wound somewhere and you just put a, I don't know how it's called in English, but, but this sticky thing, you just oh, put the it there. Yes, exactly. You put a bandaid on it and you just don't look at the wound. You can't see it maybe but it's it's still there and it hurts very much so so i think that yeah it's it's not to diminish how how much value this can have to someone i've seen it a lot you know that people really need to 
get this fancy t-shirt or this fancy coat because their friends have this coat too or this handbag and they would be sticking out if they they wouldn't have it and and I, I think that this can this can really cause a feeling of of intense need in someone's someone's heart mm -hmm. yeah. you know what's interesting about the, the whole car thing I'm, I'm like a hater when it, when it comes to automobiles and cars, like I'm a legit hater. Like my, my brother-in-law sells cars and he loves cars and I love him and you know, he's passionate about it. But when I, when I worked like a corporate job, like a corporate office nine to five type of job, my coworkers, they all had to buy a Lexus or a Mercedes or a BMW. And every morning they had to buy their coffee from Starbucks because they had to maintain this image of, I am a professional. You know, I am this professional mm -hmm. person. I am serious. I want to, you know, show my excess to other people. And then I would come in with my thermos, with my coffee that I brewed at home, driving my beat up used SUV to work. And one time I had a conversation with, with one of my coworkers, right? And I'm like, why do you care so much about your car? Like, why do you care so much about it? And then they went into this like whole thing about like, oh, I deserve to drive a nice car. It makes me feel good. And you know, it's like, I want to, I want respect from other people. I want admiration from them. And I'm like, you know, when I look at someone driving a nice car, I don't think, oh man, that guy is so cool because he has a nice car. Oh, that guy is so successful because he has a nice car. I think in my mind, like, oh, I view myself in that car, what I would look like driving it. I don't care about the dude inside. Like it, it doesn't even come to my mind, right? So some people you're trying to flex and show off and you, you're seeking admiration from your peers, but the only thing your peers are thinking about is how they would look in the car, right? No, everyone is thinking about themselves, right? And this idea of like, yeah. oh, I have to have Starbucks every morning. It shows I'm a professional. I'm like, you're spending six bucks every day for coffee, six bucks. So it's 30 bucks a week for, for, your, for your coffee. Is it like to show off to who? Like, who are you trying to impress? And, and that's a part of our society in North America. I don't, like, I don't know if it's the same where you live, but over here, we're very similar to the States where it's, this, it's all about the status, this symbol, like, oh, I'm a professional. I have a career. I can afford a nice car. I can afford Starbucks. I can afford um, a Gucci bag or a Louis Vuitton. And it's like this never-ending cycle. And then what happens is you get caught up in poor personal finance decisions where you're just working to fuel those habits because now those habits control your life, right? And at the end of the day, it's, it's a horrible, horrible trap that I feel like so many people get caught up in. It's because everyone else does it. So you kind of follow the herd and, and do like everyone else because you don't want to be that one guy. You don't want to be Derek who has a shitty car that drinks out of his thermos, right? You don't want to be that guy, right? But oh, but maybe that guy is, you know, more financially savvy or maybe that guy is more happy. You, you don't know, right? And I hate this. I hate this materialistic financial trap that, that we have here in North America. And it, it's very difficult for me to, to talk about it because I always see, especially young guys at my work, like, um, young up and coming guys. It's always like, oh, I got a raise, I got a promotion. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go buy a Mercedes, whatever S class mm -hmm. or something. And I'm like, why, why, <laughs> right? And it just yeah, drives me I nuts. Mean, you know, it's like you are so right, and I think that it's definitely um, a thing here in Europe too. 
even though I have to say um, here in Germany, it might be a little bit better because people are all about um, saving and living sustainably and all these things. And so now it's like more, it's cool if you come with your thermos <laughs> and, and also Germans <laughs> value, value hard work more than anything I have the feeling. So, but I get it. I mean, these status symbols are completely international, but I think that the interesting question to ask to these people would be if when they have their car or if they have like their cup of Starbucks standing, standing on their desk, do they finally feel professional? Because <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I have the feeling that it's like a vicious circle because you, you do things because you want to trick yourself into thinking that you are more something and at the end of the day you realize that this didn't change anything about how you feel about yourself and then you need more or you need a daily and I think that Derek who is owning his thermos and <laughs> his secondhand clothes that he doesn't feel unprofessional because he doesn't have a cup from Starbucks, you know, if, if we would imagine asking Derek um, how he would measure professionalism in his life and in other lives, he would not say it's the amount of um, coffees that they, that they order or the car that they drive, it's how reliable they are, if they do a good job um, and if they don't call sick when they are not sick <laughs> and so you know mm -hmm. it's like uh things like that and and so i feel like this is actually something to to be inspired by you know um at least that's how i see it i feel very inspired when i see humility and is it called humility i yep. think yes um, and and when I see someone who doesn't need all this bling bling <laughs> bunch of crap to feel perfectly aligned with themselves and you know it's like I feel so much compassion for these people who who feel like they need all that because I have the feeling that they are they are not seeing something and that the fact that they are not seeing it is making them even more sad and I, I really would like to to be able to to tell them that it's okay <laughs> they, can, they can stop and that they are wonderful human beings mm -hmm. but I think that this is something that eventually more and more people will realize mm. you, you know what's interesting about um this whole thing about like money and materialism and, and buying things it's the thing that really gets under my skin and it really bothers me is these people that I'm, that I'm talking about like i'm not i'm not trying to be judgmental or condescending or look down on them it's it, it's the fact that i care so much because they always complain about their financial situation they always complain that they don't have enough money they don't make enough per hour we don't get enough overtime the economy sucks. The government doesn't give us enough money. Like there's, or there's too much taxes. Like there's always this complaint, and yet you finance a 
expensive car, you have Amazon Prime, you have a Netflix subscription, you have the brand new iPhone. Like there's, you're complaining about something, but on the other hand, you do nothing about it, right? Oh, something just went wrong. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, boo. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, we can just we can just end the podcast. I can, I can go on like a little five minute rant and then end it out if you want. Okay, we can do that. Because I think I'm my sorry. end is no, no, it's fine. No worries. It's all good. We had a great conversation going for like a good hour, so that's that's more that's more than enough that I that I hope for. Um, yes, I really enjoyed it. It was so nice. Thank it was you. Fun, it's fun, right? So it's much. it's good bouncing ideas off off you know other people, right? Especially yeah. like we live on all complete other ends of the world. Just super mm-hmm. cool. You know, um, about your, the last thing that you said, um, there is this book, I think it's called just mindset. Um, have you read it? Did you, mindset? Did you no. Yeah. And that's like about the growth mindset, fixed mindset and a very, very typical symptom of the fixed mindset is people who always, uh, they, they don't think that they have the potential to grow and learn and evolve. And so it's very, very typical for them to complain always to the people who can't change their situation. So when they are at work, they complain about their wife. And when they're at home, uh. they complain about work. And, and when something goes wrong, it's the economy, the government, um, the pandemic, the, the wife, it's always something else, you know, the inflation or it's, and they're not really taking the responsibility for their lives. And that's like not meant in a bad way. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that anyone is like, um, you know, it's not their fault that things are going wrong, but they're like not responsible for their, for, for taking like action, you know, and doing the things and holding mm-hmm. themselves accountable. And yeah, I just like to see a responsibility, like saying to someone that they have the ability to respond, you know, and to do things. And so I think that this is what, what these people are going through. Mm. Yeah, mindset you said, right? Yeah, I think it's, uh, wait, let me check. By Carol Dweck? I think it's like white and blue. Yeah, it's white and, yeah, the book is like all white and then it has like some blue text. Yeah, exactly. And and I think the face of the guy is on the book, but I'm not sure. But I think it's just called Mindset. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, this. Okay, I'll add that to my. I, um, I don't know if you can Kindle. see me or not. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. Yeah, Carol Dweck. Yeah. Okay, I, I found it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'll download it and add it to my Kindle. Sounds right up mm-hmm. my alley. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly about this. I haven't read the entire book because it was one of the first um, personal growth books that I I found, and in the very first chapter. This guy tells you that essentially you are responsible for your life and that there's no one coming to save you and that actually you are responsible for everything and that if you are in a shitty situation then it's mm. it's your doing and i remember i read that i closed the book 
<laughs> I threw it back in the corner. I was like, no, no, no. You know, like it's it's not. I was like, this guy is just like, what is this audacity to write such things? I'm studying medicine because I have to, you know. So my family <laughs> is yeah, forcing me yeah. to. So let's just cut the crap and continue being a victim you know that's that's what i thought but i understand now that he was right <laughs> that's cool well it makes sense i'll uh, definitely give it a give it a re oh hold on someone's here not my daughter just got home she's knocking on the door coming in you want to come in come in hold on one second say hi so cute all Lovely. right, so I think I think it's time to uh, yes, finish up the pod. Time. So your your part here isn't recording, but mine still is. So I'll just um, uh, I'll do a quick <clears throat> little outro, and I'll tell people mm -hmm. to like watch your stuff and all that, um, all that you. jazz, Perfect. right? So so anyways, if um, you guys made it this far and would like to check out Cat's work, um, you can go find her on YouTube. That's Cat Julianne K A T J U L I A N E at YouTube and cat underscore Julianne on Instagram. So if you guys are looking for inspirational, um, empowerment, more creative type of mindset coaching and content, um, definitely check her out as I had a great time having a conversation with her and this was an amazing podcast episode. So thanks Kat um, for doing this and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.